Yeah, this is maybe the first time you're hearing about it. And just so you understand, DGods has a very active Discord. And in that Discord, people actually negotiate trades. So there's a lot of OTC deals that happen there. And so he recognized this from just a pain point perspective of how do they remove the dude with a spreadsheet, you know, organizing these trades to make them safe? How do we remove that? And to get to the Shannon, this was an idea like years ago. How do you enable NFT to NFT swaps to take place? So that's how they approached us. And they said, look, obviously we have the Bitcoin D gods, we got D gods and Utes on Ethereum, and we want to be able to trade these and allow people to trade these trustlessly right? Understanding that the negotiations may take place in the discord, but how can we provide a system for these guys to all get in this and, and trade these things? And so that's how we were kind of approached. And how can we make this a seamless experience, an easy experience within the D gods, well, what they're calling D desk, right? So a website where you can facilitate these trades. And it's not an easy lift from a technical standpoint. Obviously, Emblem is a key point in this to be able to bring the Bitcoin ordinals over to Ethereum. The trades and swaps all are going to happen on Ethereum. But you just think about this and the larger view and perspective is being able to trade NFTs from all chains seamlessly together, right? This is kind of Emblem's larger vision. We get it. It was great to see Frank get it. And being able to facilitate this as like a first step in a larger kind of ecosystem. I think Frank recognizes that he's kind of leading the charge here. It hasn't really been done other than Emblem Vault. People haven't really done this. And so we're excited, obviously, because Frank's going to bring a lot of eyeballs and attention to it. Being able to be that kind of spot for D-Gods where people can get comfortable with it. I think they're doing an amazing job from a technical perspective, making this easy. It's got to be stone cold easy. And so that's pushed us to be better, right? We want to make it seamless and easy. And I can't wait for the rollout. I'm just beyond pumped. You know, it's going to be awesome. Yo, what is good? Adam, make sure that you have, um, we're running the audio through your account this morning. So make yep. sure that. Let's check. Everybody put a hand in. Chris, can you hear us out there? And, uh, and. Raise your hand, man, if you can hear us on the, uh, on Raise the, your hand if you can hear us the on the, yeah. Yep. All right. Business. Cool. Cool. Uh, if you can see here, I'm down here in, uh, Mexico. So we have a little bit of a different setup today. Um, so I'm really glad. Also, Chris, make sure that you can add in my account on stage. The markets are absolutely ripping today. And, um, I'm just wondering, man, is this, uh, finally, is this finally the time? <laughs> finally, is this, is, this is this finally time for the God candle that everybody's? The go, I think the God for. candle happened yesterday, man. I, I got I feel like that that was actually the thing yesterday. It, it just felt like, you know, every time I I closed Twitter down and then opened it again, it was like another, you know, it was up another thousand. It just felt, had that vibe to it, you know. Um, so yeah, it felt like yesterday was kind of like, wow, we've really. We are in the mid, I mean, we've been saying for a while now, a couple of months, like it's felt like the bull market's here. Um, but yesterday it really clicked in, um, clicked in for the space, it seemed like. And like, it's funny because I literally just got off the phone with my brother who's a Wall Street guy, Wall Street. He's like, trust me, man, nobody in Wall Street really, like it's on CNBC, but it hasn't really felt it. So we're feeling it in the crypto space, but the normies are not here yet. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind, everybody. You know, the question I keep asking, because I'm looking at like all of these, you know, inscription collections just completely past their all-time highs. So the puppets are up to like 0.15 Bitcoin, which is like almost three ETH. You have node monkeys are almost at 0.4. 
are normies going to even want to buy Bitcoin NFTs? Are they even going to be able to figure it out is a question I continually <laughs> ask myself. Like, if they couldn't even figure out ETH NFTs, do you think they're going to be able to manage 10-minute to 60-minute block times? I do think, you know, they did figure it out, right? I mean, I'm sure mo many people in this space right now, you know, got into Ethereum or figured out Solana. Like, money will make you figure stuff out. Um so if they continue to rip and they continue to get crazy pricing, I'd say yes. You know, people will figure stuff out. But I still, I'm still waiting for that new thing. What's the new thing? I mean, really? It's NFTs on Bitcoin. Like, okay, get it. Got it. But I'm still waiting for the new, new, new thing. I don't know. Maybe we have it. I don't know. We'll see. It's cross-chain a thing? Well, I Is cross-chain going to be the thing, this thing? Oh, so this is what we should actually cover. Um, as everyone saw, our partnership and collaboration with the D-Gods team of the D-Desk. I had a few people actually reach out. Adam, if you like, could you pin the, the Frank tweet to the top? Um, yep. I know it's probably buried in there somewhere. Yep. Uh, over the last two weeks, and maybe two, two and a half weeks, we've been working very closely with Frank and the D-Gods team and the NF3 team who's doing the smart contracts for the D-Desk, which we'll go in here and, and, and talk about it here in a second. And then also Xverse um, worked with us for this new unlocking mechanism, which a lot of people have actually been asking us about for quite some time. So a lot of things, a lot of moving parts, but, you know, looking at watching Shannon uh, really interact with, you know, the, the D-Gods development team and, and us having to go back and forth with Frank 4,000 times, you know, it was really cool. Like the, the fact that Frank sees the vision and it's everything that you know you me chris and shannon has and eric have been preaching about since 2016 it was exactly the same thing that that we had always talked about um i think we have a little bit of a different a different vision of you know how to actually get there he believes you know we'll get there through the d-desk we believe we'll get there through just simple cross-chain functionalities but where we all converge together is that is that the you know the unvault or the vaulting and unvaulting mechanism will take place directly on the D-desk, directly away from emblem.finance, where everyone hates using because it's old and, and is you know quite inefficient, which we're working on. But having emblem um, in a box, and maybe we'll just talk about the SDK here in a little bit as well. But yeah, Adam, talk about maybe just from your experience of, um, you know, working with Frank over the last two weeks and then obviously here into the future. Um, what, what's your first take of just working, you know, one-on-one -on -one with him, um, building this collaborative kind of effort? Yeah, I think, you know, just for, if people, have, this is maybe the first time you're hearing about it and just so you understand, like D-Gods has a very um, active Discord. And in that Discord, people actually negotiate trades. Um, so there's a lot of like OTC deals that happen there. And so he recognized this from just a pain point perspective of how do they remove, you know, the dude with a spreadsheet, um, you know, organizing these trades to make them safe. How do we remove that? And to get to the idea of Shannon, this was an idea like years ago. How do you enable NFT to NFT swaps to take place? And so that's how, you know, they approached us and they were, they said, look, Obviously, we have the Bitcoin D gods, we got D gods and Utes on Ethereum, and we want to be able to trade these um, and allow people to trade these trustlessly, right? Uh, understanding that the negotiations may take place in the Discord, but how can we provide a system for these guys to all get in this and, and trade these things? And so that's how we were kind of approached. 
And how can we make this a seamless experience, an easy experience within the D-Gods, um, well, what they're calling D-Desk, right? So a website where you can facilitate these trades. And it's not an easy lift from a technical standpoint. Uh, obviously, Emblem is a key point in this uh, to be able to bring the Bitcoin ordinals over to Ethereum. The trades and swaps all are going to happen on Ethereum. But you just think about this and the larger view and perspective is being able to trade nfts from all chains seamlessly together right um this is kind of emblems larger vision we get it it was great to see frank get it um and being able to facilitate this as like a first step in a larger kind of ecosystem i think frank recognizes that he's kind of leading the the charge here like it hasn't really been done people haven't other than emblem vault people haven't really done this um and so we're excited obviously because frank's going to bring a lot of eyeballs and attention to it um being able to be that kind of spot for d gods where people can get comfortable with it i think they're doing an amazing job from a technical perspective making this like easy it's got to be stone cold easy and um so that's pushed us to be better right we want to make it uh seamless and easy and uh i can't wait for the rollout i'm just i'm beyond pumped you know it's gonna be awesome yeah, he's so he's adding a few different dynamics to this, but yeah, basically what Adam is saying is Frank's goal is to basically eliminate spreadsheet trading forever. No matter yeah. what chain you're on, this is going to be the idea, and he's going to start with with Bitcoin ordinals. He hasn't said much, but we know how things go. Once you get traction there, I don't think it stops at ordinals. I think it eventually just leans into everything. Um, but he's we're going to start with Bitcoin D gods, and I think whichever collections he wants whitelisted. Um, I believe there's been a request of about 25 different collections from Quantum Cats to Puppets to Femojis to pretty much all the large collections, Pizza Ninjas. And this they're just going to do NFT to NFT style trading. Um, but if you're familiar with how Emblem works and you know that we have Emblem Markets launching here pretty shortly as well, um, we've made a lot of progress on that. We'll soon we'll be able to have an MVP to show everybody Right. Once assets are inside of a vault, you don't have to trade on, you know, the D-Desk. If you want to do, we're going to be pushing D-Desk as the the premier multi-chain NFT to NFT swap platform. But you could then go trade these on Emblem Markets in the way that you want, um, right? Or you could go trade on Blur or do whatever. And as Emblem then adds to adds different chains as we deploy on ordinals in April, May, and then in quarter three, we deploy on Solana and all these ETHL2s, there really won't be that much of a reason to even not be in a vault, right? You could just move it to every single chain. Um, and I know for Frank, he's doing this like a whitelist um, kind of procedure. I don't know specifically how he's going to roll it out to his community. They're still really kind of I guess figuring that out, but I know he is offering some sort of incentive program as well. Like if you want to be a broker, um, I know they will give you a percentage of that um, royalty that's kind of built um, on their platform. Whether it's, I, I don't know the specific percentage, that's where NF3 comes into play. They're the one that's the smart contracts for them. Um, I did see today that Frank announced that the only way to trade Utes is going to be through Magic Eden's ETH NFT enforced marketplace, which maybe we'll cover that next. So from there, but I from from talking with Frank, you know, they've really thought this through. I mean, on the other side of this, right, in terms of multi-chain 
functionality emblems premiere right now is taking is it's kind of like the export of utxo based nft assets and moving them to evm compatible chains on the other side of that frank and the d gods team partnered with wormhole so that you could take d gods and move them around to any evm chain and i guess any svm chain which is like the solana vm so for that you think about the perspective that they're in Right with D gods, they have this function of it's the uh, burn and mint function, which Frank had come out and said he wasn't like completely agree with, but it seems like now he kind of is. So with your D god, right, you'll be able to burn the asset and then it'll remint on Solana, and then you can do the same thing, burn it, and then probably get it on whatever L two or whatever EVM chain avalanche that um, Wormhole offers. On the other side of this, right, Emblem is using, or Frank and the DGOTS team is using Emblem to bring all of the Bitcoin UTXO assets to EVM chains. And I think that's where he's just going to be the universal multi-chain swap desk. And so whatever type of incentives he can offer, um, I believe his community will lean in. I mean, the, the DGOTS floor, the Bitcoin DGOTS floor has just jumped up just based off of the type of like hype and intensity. You know, where this eventually leads is, you know, once these ordinal collections start um, being supported and, you know, we already offer them, but in terms of like putting the marketing machine of Frank and the D gods team behind it, you'll see probably a lot of listings of ordinal collections on NFT loan platforms, right? Like, like arcade and NFT five, you'll probably see some like NFT pools start popping up. You'll probably see some more. Gamification, I think the, ultimately the holy grail here would be getting Blur to start pushing Bitcoin NFTs um, in vaults on um, right on Blur. So you can basically farm them or eventually take it when we deploy on Blast, you could go take these into Blast and participate in any of these type of gamification casino five products that are beginning to pop out here. Um, so I have here pulled up uh, on the screen, like one of Frank's announcements. This is something that you can see. It just says the D-Desk trading your ETH D-Gods for BTC D-Gods. I know we've talked about eventually you'll be able to trade BTC D-Gods for Bored Apes or for whatever type of collection that you want. And then Sam, uh, Serious Sam, who's um, we've been talking with, he went on actually like a little bit of a, a deeper explanation of like what's going to come here. And he gives a bit, bit of a technical breakdown. And it's really cool. And uh, one final thing before I start calling on the hands here. One feature that our communities ask for a lot, which we've talked with pretty much every single ordinal wallet with at some point in time and got all no's. And of course, Frank now finally being the guy to finally get it pushed through. There's this request that a lot of people have asked for, which improves the user experience, which is unlocking your ordinal vault and having it directly delivered to a wallet. Well, we've worked with Xverse and Ken built a, Ken, who's the founder of Xverse, built a custom script so that when you unlock, we'll use in this example your Bitcoin D God. Once you unlock it, there will be a button that says um, "send" or however they're going to or label it inside of their uh, front end. Basically, you click a button and it'll send that BTC D God from the the ordinal wallet inside of the vault to your Xverse wallet that you literally have um, as, your well, as your wallet extension as a transaction. So literally just, it'll be one click to unlock the vault and then one more click and sign transaction to have that Bitcoin D-God removed from the vault directly to your Xverse wallet. And as we know, if you've ever unlocked the vault, it's a really big pain in the ass because of 
kind of how wallets and NFTs work, where you have to take the private key, right? And then import it into a wallet. It creates a whole fresh wallet. Then you have to send Bitcoin to that wallet to then send it out. So this cuts a lot of those steps out. And then because of this, we're now exploring ways where we could do this on the reverse end, um, where you could just, with our bulk minting tool, which we have actually finished um, on the back end, but it is not live on the front end. It's where we can really get this vaulting experience down with maybe three, four clicks complete all around. And so it's just been an overall win. It's something we've all been working for for quite some time. And uh, it's really exciting to see, uh, to be working with Frank and the NF3 team and Xverse and huge, huge collaborative opportunity. Big, big win for uh, the multi-chain thesis if you're in it for NFTs. So exciting times. Um, I think Johannes has his hand up. So uh, what's good, bro? Morning or good evening. Um, so I have to admit I'm uh, Ordinals fanboy. So um, I wanted to ask some questions uh, how you are going to uh, plan, how it's going to work. So um, I heard that you're talking about Blur. So I expect that you are expecting that most of the trading and swaps will then in the end happen on Ethereum, on EVM world. Is that correct? And if this is correct, is there also a plan that we maybe can uh, stay on uh, Bitcoin and do similar transactions as, um, on, on Bitcoin, like for example, Magic Eden or something like this? Because as an Ordinals fanboy, I would prefer to stay on Bitcoin. Is that an option or do you concentrate on EVM first? Yeah, I mean, you can stay on you can stay on ordinals right now and just not interact with the DDesk if you don't want to. That's com that's a complete option to you, right? And if you kind of look at the multi-chain thesis, there's there's two different camps. I guess two main camps, right? There's kind of these like blockchain maximalists who just want to utilize the native trading experience, and and that's completely okay. You know, Emblem supports that that you want, but there's a whole other subsection of of the uh, crypto markets that's becoming a much stronger that wants to use the strengths of each blockchain and be able to take that to the chain that they want so that they can access additional liquidity, right? So here, here's something, for example, Liquidium's, uh, Liquidium is a native NFT loan platform for ordinals, but their volume is about $2 million in a week. If you go over to Arcade and NFTFi on ETH, it's about $200 million, right? So you, you can access about 100x more liquidity, and you can also participate in their incentive programs, right? So instead, if you don't want to play with, if you don't want to participate in the Liquidium, you know, rewards program point system, and you believe there's a bigger opportunity to do this on NFTFi or on Arcade, then you have that option. And this is basically what's being built. This is kind of the multi-chain thesis. Some people also, they, they, they want Bitcoin assets because they believe it's like the most pristine version of an NFT, but they want to go trade it on Solana because it's just a higher throughput, higher access. And so you could take your quantum cat, right? Which is worth $9,000, $10,000. You can import that value to a new chain and then participate with that ecosystem, with those rewards, with, with, those, uh, with the strengths of that blockchain. And that's really what we're doing. It's not saying like, hey, you have to go to EVM. We're just giving people the choice because here at Emblem, we believe you have to meet collectors where they are. And there's just inherently a bunch of users that exist on ETH that just don't want to go to Bitcoin. Like they want exposure to it, but they like the experience of having it all kind of corralled in one wallet 
and it's just more native to their experience. And Adam, do you want to add anything kind of from which from the over the last year and a half that um, you you've seen in terms of like this multi chain thesis? Yeah, I mean, I think that at the core, it's um, it's about money, and uh, we've seen it a million times. People will literally go anywhere for the right amount of money. You talked about are people going to be willing to learn Bitcoin to get on and trade ordinals? And the answer for me is yes, as long as there's enough money to be made, right? And so us providing these tools, will people use them? Yes, if there's enough liquidity on the other side, right? I mean, we've just seen it again and again. This is just human nature. Like, trust me, everybody would be bridging their, you know, ordinals to Solana if the Solana NFT market was willing to pay a premium for your ordinals, right? I mean, it was just the way it is. So I, I totally get people who who want to be, you know, or, ordinals maxis or ETH maxis or Solana maxis, and you want to, you know, support your chain that you want to be, you know, the number one. But most people um, will do that up until the point where they can make money on another chain successfully. And so, yeah, Jake just laid out the reasons, um, good reasons why people might want to move. Um, Johannes, yeah, go again. What's up, man? Yeah, so I completely uh, agree to you. So uh, liquidity on Bitcoin is, um, let's say, growing. <laughs> but um, so first of all, I think it's super awesome, your uh, technology of voting stuff and uh, being able to switch uh, the, the networks, which is great. But um, just as a reminder, I think it's a perfect technology to secure your assets by putting them into a vault. And as an ordinary maxi, I have to at least mention that on Bitcoin, you don't have smart, uh, smart contract risk. So as a recovering solidity developer, I can tell you that <laughs> there are multiple options to make everything wrong if you accidentally interact with a wrong contract. So maybe you want to do your degen trading stuff on ordinals. I think it's fair to say that at least be, be aware that your vault is super secure, but... Uh, some people have um, issues to to do smart contracts at all, right? 100% get that. Actually, I mean, you know, I don't know if you know Emblem well enough, but, you know, one of our big ideas is, and one of the things we're working on, is bringing assets to ordinals, right? So imagine right. your crypto kitty or, or, you know, your crypto punk, your board ape, you want to trade it natively as an ordinal. Like, you know, that's on our roadmap. Um you know, so yes, uh, both and and all, yes. Um, just making it seamless for so everybody can move everything everywhere. That's what we're all about. Yeah, you'll hear. Uh, we're gonna do our town hall. We're gonna do our town hall next week, um, and I have a, a nice presentation about everything that we're working on. And we've already made this known multiple times that uh, emblem on Bitcoin ordinals is something a lot of people want. They want their rep, rare papes denominated in Bitcoin. Um, a early conversation we had last year with a bunch of users is they wanted to nominate their crypto punk in Bitcoin because they believe that it can break this psychological price barrier, right? Where crypto punks got up to 150 ETH. And at some point, you know, this like, uh, number bias, um, hits, but denominating your crypto punk in Bitcoin, right? Where you say three Bitcoin for a crypto punk, right? Or three Bitcoin for a node monkey. You know, some of these people who have just like large amounts of Bitcoin um, will happily pay that. Um, and so there's a lot of different utilities there. Um, but also, Johannes, to your point, yeah. Anytime you leave, uh, anytime you take your assets out of a native ecosystem, you're introducing more um, risk, more attack vectors, 
that could be anything from smart contract risk to um, right being fished through different types of you know yeah. smart contract uh, approval processes. There's all kinds of different things. Honestly, you don't know how to use MetaMask, right? If you're an ordinal maxine, you've never used MetaMask. It could be a little bit more confusing. So there's all kinds of different risk factors, and we always highly recommend that. If you're not comfortable, you know, dealing with this, like multi-chain is a little bit more of an advanced kind of tooling. If you're not familiar with it, start with very low value assets, right? Even just inscribe an asset and participate in it, or just don't leave. You don't have you don't have to participate in this, but this is something that people want. And the more people you discuss and talk about this with, they believe, you know, the future is multi-chain, just like it, just like today's world. Society doesn't exist purely in their own country. People leave different countries. People import and export assets to different countries. And I think it's going to be the same with digital rails um, in this on-chain economy. So go ahead. We just got a, 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 on uh, the YouTube live stream, uh, G Lazy <laughs> says, my ETH scription got hacked. Can you help me get it All back? Right. ETH funk number 7198. Sorry, my friend, this is blockchain. You know, it's... Uh, these digital goods, you lose them, they're lost, man. There's no no backsees, uh, no recoveries, no return to sender. Sorry, bro. Sorry about that. You haven't been in crypto yeah, if you haven't got hacked, man. So, uh, you know, welcome to the club. It's unfortunate. I've been there so many times. You ask me if I'm a little bit aware of Emblem uh, Vault. Yeah, I'm one of these listeners that are listening for half a year to your podcast and never were on the stage. So, just wanted to say uh, I'm a huge fan and it's finally um, the moment where I'm also talking on the podcast and later on I will listen to it and listen to my own voice. So great <laughs> show that you all made. So uh, I think I uh, it was time to also speak here. So thank you for the for the time. Yeah, Thanks, man. Of, course, sure. of course, bro. We, you know, we listen and we take in all feedback. You know, we know it's all been a risk. Trust me, Emblem's been at the the, the forefront in the center of multi-chain you know functionality for literally since the very beginning it was the first cross-chain nft tool it still today exists as the largest cross-chain nft tool by by much magnitude so we you know we've heard it all and we know the risk factors and you know we're just happy you know overall that we could work with frank to really accelerate that process and it seems like a lot of teams are really beginning to um start seeing that um, to access different liquidity. I mean, one kind of thing that we saw, for example, and then it'll kind of move on to the next topic. When we did the the MBELS launch, right? We we did the twenty five dollar vaulting fee instead of instead of twenty dollar vaulting fee, and uh, there was an ETH gas fee on top of it. So essentially, people were paying about forty bucks to fifty bucks for to mint the, these MBELS, which were uh, Bell's coin native PFP assets, but being delivered on Ethereum. And it sold out quite quickly, uh, six hours. You know, we said that this was, be, you know, this is an experiment. We're going to treat this as, you know, an emblem collection, but we have no idea what the like appetite is for these kind of cross chain tools. And turns out quite high because that $40, if you, that cumulative $40 mint was probably multiples higher. Than anything else that it exists on Bell's Coin, most things on Bell's Coin was about free, yeah, so you free. could just see that a lot of the, a lot of these people on Ethereum, to them, forty bucks is nothing, right? They're paying hundreds or thousands of dollars for mints, and just for them to have 
have, you know, exposure to, to Bell's coin, you know, through this idea, they liked Viva as an artist. They also like to support emblem and do, do th things that we're participating in. And then you get the traders on top of it. It just shows that, you know, that's, that's just a small fraction of the things that exist out there. And so you could take those ideals to Bitcoin as well, where the capital is the most in abundance. And it just creates a very, very, very exciting time. Although, you know, what is the, we had this conversation with BitGod last time. He's more in the camp that he believes crypto is going to exist as, you know, a native ecosystems that don't interact with one another. We're on the complete opposite side of that. We're like maybe this cycle that, that exists, but I don't think after this cycle, you will have just independent economies not interacting with one another, importing and exporting assets. To me, it just that just seems like such a like asinine kind of thought and belief. But <laughs> like it's such a like short term thought or short. -term I can't thought. even. How is that even? It's I don't even know how that's even in the realm of possible. Like the only. I mean, even if you are the hardest of hardcore Bitcoin maxis, all you have to do is look. There's literally thousands of chains like. Those aren't going away and and people are making new ones every day. There's just, and the L2s and all the rest of it. Like it's how on earth is that just going to go away? It would literally have to go away for cross chain to not be something. It would just, uh, it just doesn't make any sense, honestly, but who knows? It, it Crazy things are happening. Yeah. You know, well, so as we started the show, um, the Magic Eden Ethereum Marketplace has gone live. So we're going to be wow. able to go through this right now, live on the show. Oh um, you know, we've, 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 discussed <laughs> we've discussed this how many times <clears throat> over the last few years um, about, you know, royalties, royalty enforced. So here it says, Magic Eden plus Yuga Labs present the new Ethereum Marketplace, supporting creators, rewarding collectors, and bringing you tomorrow's best projects. You're gonna click LFG, and here we are. We got Goblin Town, uh, Mutants. You got Neo Tokyo, Quirkies. Um, oh, this is so. Here's ETH, right? You got Miladies. Oh, some ladies are on here. Little Pudgies, Moonbirds, Pudgies, and so you know what caught my attention here. Oh, and they're offering bonuses. So 50% bonus, which is their diamonds, um, for part for active incentives in these certain collections, which are the monkey pictures, which is something we actually talked about. The thing here, you know, that kind of, you know, is, is a tough one to grasp, but it's going to take a lot of force, is that they're going to be, all these collections um, that are deployed essentially after, I believe it'd be like August 1st, 2023, to where, um, so basically any of the older collections, you cannot enforce royalties off of because they're immutable smart contracts. Um, but what a lot of people did once royalties started changing is they started creating upgradable contracts to where if there is some sort of blocker that's set in place, then you can basically go into your smart contract and, and edit it so that you don't, um, so that it's not immutable. So things like board Apes and Mutants, right? These, that's probably why they have these bonuses. It's impossible to enforce royalties, so it's impossible for them to go ahead and block board apes and stuff on these other um, on these other marketplaces. But if you trade here on this marketplace, <clears throat> then they can get royalties. So I'm assuming this is what the 50% diamond is. Yep. Same with I think pudgy penguins, uh, moonbirds, maybe miladies, azukis. Some of these like OG collections, they will not be able to block you on other marketplaces. 
but they've come out and said that, you know, any new collections that come through there, they will be blocked on Blurb, they'll be blocked on OpenSea, and they'll be blocked on Looks Rare. I find it hard that they're going to be able to, to, to win this battle still to this day using ERC-721C, which was created by um, Limit Break and uh, Gabe from, uh, I forgot what the, his project's called. And um, it's going to be a battle, man. I don't know. Adam, as we look at this now, how are you feeling about Magic Eden and Yuga in this um, marketplace? Do you think they will have, uh, do you think they'll win this? Or do you think they'll be able to take some market share by blocking other collections or incentivize or blocking other marketplaces or adding enough incentives so that Yuga and these and like Pudgies um, can make their money back or increase revenue through Magic Eden trading, although you can go ahead and trade these on other marketplaces for the OG collections. Boy, what do the incentives have to be, right? I mean, it's just like, well, if the incentives have to be so high as to get me to do it and not save the marketplace fee or the royalties, like those incentives have to be basically equal to the marketplace fees and the royalties, right? I mean, it's like just knowing the way human nature works, uh, especially when you're talking about something that's $50,000 right um you just are people going to want to pay whatever the uh, do we know the percentage that they're charging i'm trying to look at it right now so one percent royalty that's not even that high actually one percent royalty on on on, uh board apes i'm gonna go through these as you're talking okay so so that's actually interesting actually i like that strategy which is they've set it so low as to be like almost invisible almost so am I going to then go and try to go around it? They may actually have the right number there. I actually like that strategy. That would have been something I would have recommended. So here, so Pud- Pudgies are set at 5%. The Bored Apes and Mutants are set at 1%. Uh, Moonbirds are set at 5 Um, So maybe, maybe I'll t- pitch it this way then. Do you think that, so it looks like everything is 5 outside of um, Mutant Apes and Bored Apes. But board apes and mutants also have this fifty percent bonus for diamonds. Do you think there's a chance then that they eventually bump these royalties up higher after people have become accustomed to trading on air? Hmm. It just seems like there's going to be, you know, the competition's right on your heels. Like, how are you going to? How long can that last? Unless it becomes something along the lines of there becomes social pressure for selling on other marketplaces, which I've never seen any kind of reaction from a uh like social shaming standpoint you know um i just don't know how you this is just a it's a it's a tsunami how can you stop it it just doesn't seem likely uh that they're going to be able to look people will auto always want to save a couple grand or a thousand dollars on a sale of something who wouldn't want to put that thousand dollars in their pocket like just just human nature um so either they got to make the reward so enticing that it's basically a no-brainer or boy they I mean I love that they're taking the shot at it you know I I, I applaud them but it just seems like like you say whack-a-mole like how are they going to stop this flood It's going to be tough well also too now you're if you're blocking these other marketplaces right like blur oh I want to know here so D gods has a 0.33% royalty so they're pretty much none that exists and uh, everything and else was five percent higher. I think he said Frank said they're going to use a hundred percent of those royalties to buy back 
um, floor D gods, basically buyback for so, D gods, and then basically gift those to, you know, worthy community members or people who want to enter the community. Yeah, so here's so the diamond rewards. Uh, we want to make sure that users are rewarded for supporting creators. You can earn diamonds in three ways. Making offers on top 100 collections on Magic Eden. This is for, um, I guess this is for, is this multi-chain? Oh, no, this is just for Ethereum. Listing top 100 collections natively on Magic Eden because to list natively means that's how you get the royalty enforced. And I know that because as we've been talking with, with Reservoir and building... Uh, Emblem Markets, um, we've learned because um, Reservoir is actually the supporting infrastructure for this marketplace as well. So they've given us a lot of inside information on this. And then buying any NFT on Magic Eden, third-party aggregated listings must be bought on Magic Eden. Again, okay, that's how you enforce royalties. See, this they have to put in parentheses because those are the caveats, right? It has to be listed on Magic Eden. It has to be bought on Magic Eden. That's how the royalties are enforced. So that's how you get these type of incentives the one thing i do give you know they're going for it which is tough but i mean magic eden ha also has the multi-chain thesis as well the cross-chain thesis i've seen their uh their volume has drastically increased i think they're like number two or number three marketplace overall um i they have definitely the market share on ordinals they have they've lost market share on Solana by a lot. And then with Ethereum, right, you're basically going toe to toe with, with Blur at this point um, in their incentive system. And now with Blast, right, gonna be even tougher. I'd like to hear Chris's opinion on this though, as somebody who's just understands trading strategies and Solana ecosystem. As this has came out the gate in the last 30 minutes, what's your thought on um, the enforced royalty marketplace and, and how does, does this give any leverage in Magic Eden becoming the, the top NFT trading marketplace over X amount of time? Hey, this is Chris Silver from the MM account today at the moment. Um, but man, it just, it kind of just seems like it's everything that we've been, the whole ecosystem crypto broadly has been kind of building against. Right, you want to own your assets. You want to be able to trade them uh, natively. Really take ownership of them. Um, you want to remove the mid egregious middlemen fees. Um, you know, it just seems like adding these royalties or trying to force them on users and trying to really kind of crack down on where they can trade them is almost like an antithesis of what crypto is supposed to be. So it's a lofty goal. I mean, obviously. We really want them to succeed. We really want, you know, creators to get paid um, in perpetuity for for the work. But it's just the market's going to, you know, fill those inefficiencies. And as uh, crypto goes more cross cross chain, there's going to be way more opportunities for you know people like Emblem or other kind of uh, protocols to fill those gaps where you can kind of just bypass exactly what they're doing over there. So, I mean, you know, it's a it's a lofty goal, but I think that they're they're going to have a hard time going forward, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They did come out also and say that they have plans to add more marketplaces to Magic Eden um, throughout the rest of the year. My guess is Doginals is probably the next one, um, if I'm being completely honest. OKX is actually supposed to add Doginals support today, tomorrow, end of this week. And Doji is just absolutely ripping today. I woke up, it was up 50% out of the downtrend. Yeah, really? 
And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go over here to, to, to Doggy Market. I mean, Dojinals just about celebrated its um, Dojinals just celebrated its one year anniversary uh, over the weekend. And uh, dude, there's a lot of progress being made, a lot of new attention. Um, there's, I don't know if you've seen. There's a new trend um, on Bitcoin, which is called Nat Cats, which is like the D the N A T. It's like, yeah, yeah. do you remember when we talked about DMC? Yeah, I had theory. people hitting me up on those. I, I, and I was like, I don't know how you even buy them. I think it was done <laughs> for like the first month. A couple of people hit me up in DMs like, where do I get these? And I'm like, literally, I have no idea. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I saw them popping though, for sure. So, basically, oh, so it looks like it's came down a little bit. But Doji, if you look at this, it's literally just green across the board uh, for the most part. At least the top seven on... Uh, doggy market who's really begun taking you know a lot of the volume and activity away from 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 doge labs um i don't know how that happened but it looks like doji just crossed nine thousand holders market cap's now 60 million it was up at 75 million this morning dbit is now clear number two um has really surpassed uh, fiwb and and hub um, as the clear two at, at sitting at a $13 million market cap. This was a free and fair mint over the last two months. It's again, right. You, you look at Doge and because it's the like father meme chain, you are like, wow, can people really just kind of copy pasta what's happening on these other chains, but then just add its own, you know, Doge kind of twist to it. And that seems to continually keep happening <laughs> over yeah. and over and over. You had Deepit, right, which was a free and fair mint, which was awesome. It almost brought down, not brought down Doge, but a lot of the Doge maxis that said that it was making Dogecoin sick. If you remember that tweet that we had brought up. Yep. And uh, so that finished finish minting out, that has 3,700 holders. You have Hub has been making a lot of progress in terms of being like the the track, I guess, of Doginals, although track is also building on Doginals. Uh, you have FIWB, which is still hanging around. It's been losing some market share, but this is kind of the if you if you want to bet on Doge Labs, I would say FIWB is like the chain that or the token you want to bet on since they're the ones that deployed it, and they're probably still one of the top holders. And Doge Labs is providing all the infrastructure. They're building a they're they're unifying the indexer with OKX to build. Um, I guess a standard for the industry. I think this is what's really been holding it back. So once they deploy that and OKX wants to deploy their Dogenals marketplace, they're supposed to this week at some point is what the original post happened. And I think that's why a lot of the volumes just drastically, you know, kind of shot out of the roof is everyone's kind of anticipation of that. I mean, we talked with Jason Fang of Sora Ventures last week and he said he was super bullish on Dogenals. I It's still, right, still this today as we talk what's the new thing that's going to come to it it's still kind of in this early stage of copy pasta we talked with bark last week who's building the shebexer which is rare sheebs or rare sats on doge that's also coming and what's going to be new i don't really know but nat dogs are also popping off which i've seen which are basically nat cats but on doge so i think this is still a big ecosystem that you want to pay attention to um, here moving forward. A few different trends that are um, really popping off. You also have Dogenal mini Doges are up. Their all-time high is 3,000 Doge, but um, they're now at 2,000 Doge. 
And uh, I think once Track comes in and uh, starts indexing, and then Woofie Swap, who um, is whose next launchpad product is called uh, Lakana, Lakoya, something like that, which is a Doge L2. That'll be, I think, the first Doge <laughs> L2 that we've ever seen. That'll be quite interesting um, because maybe we'll, we'll move in next to the the Bitcoin Layer Two kind of topic, but. Doge L2, man, which would be probably more of a Doge sidechain than it is like an L2, which is essentially what all these like Bitcoin the Doge roll arguments up. <laughs> right? It's, it never ends. But Adam, man, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on Doge? Do you think, do you, first, do you think anything new and innovative will overcome Doge, or do you think it just continues growing based off of just the memes that exist on there? I think it's, uh, it seems like, you know, it, I never discount when the next or who's going to be the next interesting new, real new thing. Uh, this is all just obviously copy pasta, retread the, the playbook. Um, makes it a little concerning, right? If you realize like whatever, FIWB can be knocked off its sec second place spot by a brand new one that came out last week just because that had better marketing. Um, it's a little bit sketchy from a, like if you're investing, like you're buying this and you want to hold, you know, you think it's going to go up. It's a little bit terrifying. I would, I would be a little bit scared because you just realize how you can just get steamrolled and it's no longer that one, it's Pepe or now it's Sheeb or now it's whatever. And it's just, it's an endless supply of new. And so it becomes very um, hard to, to try and pick the winner, right? Um, I think obviously Doggy's the winner, but who knows, narratives change, right? Um, we saw that on Stamp where Kevin wasn't the number one anymore. People were like, no, actually we like Stamp better. And um, so, it's just very hard from like, I'm just a little bit terrified, a little, it's almost like actually you and me, Jake, we should just get the whatever. Let's do the emblem token and launch that one tomorrow. Right. And it's like, cause you just feel like let's just do it. And we get it for basically free rather than buy into something because you're more likely the exit liquidity. Right. Um, so it's, it's fun. And it's certainly like, bro, it's a casino over there, but uh, I don't know. I don't see anything beyond what we've seen on other chains already, right? This is just, this is retread stuff. Not to say it won't work and not to say dudes aren't making them bank, but um, yeah, it's, it's uh it's casino mentality right now. Yeah. Nothing new so far, but some definitely a lot of interest from a lot of the major players. Um, we'll go to, go is it Golem? And then we'll go to Dogfather right after. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, thanks for bringing me up. Um, to, I I haven't had any experience with uh, with Doge NFTs Doge Ordinals at all, but I wanted to uh, talk a few minutes about Magic Eden's recent change and also Bitcoin Ordinals popping off. So um, kind of like what Adam was saying, uh, I think that this Magic Eden play into the Ethereum marketplace is interesting, but I honestly don't think that it's uh, they're going to take number one market share or anything like that from Blur. Uh, at best, they're going to nudge out OpenSea's market share a bit more, nudge out LooksRare's market share and X2Y2 and stuff like that. Um, the fact of the matter is, and like the fact of the matter is that people don't like paying royalties and creating a marketplace that is focused on enforcing royalties it just kind of feels like a losing play at this point. Um, I mean, 
when you look at Yuga, they can't enforce royalties on Board Ape Yacht Club, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, uh, but they can enforce royalties on things like Other Deed uh, and CODIS. And actually, they made the announcement that CODIS have just been banned from every other trading platform other than Magic Eden. So it would be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but ultimately, I think that, uh, I, I believe Adam was saying this, but uh, the only way that Magic Eden is going to incentivize people to pay royalties is if their diamonds then turn into a token. And then that token is something that is uh, worthwhile for people to pay the 5% royalties. Because I was just looking through it right now and um, a lot of these, most of the collections, it's an aggregator, right? So almost all of these uh, collections are actually not listed on Magic Eden right now. They're on Blur and everything else, and Magic Eden is just pulling them. So it'll be interesting to see in the coming days and weeks when collections either fully import over to Magic Eden, what they set their royalties at and stuff like that, and what happens with that. As far as new things happening in the space, so I've been a deep NFT crypto degen for, since 2021. Uh, came up on ETH, always was deep into ETH. Um, and then uh, when Blur came around in early 2022, we saw a big shift in the market, right? From people looking at NFT collections, finding traits that they resonated with or they thought were undervalued, purchasing those and flipping those. That's like basically what I came up on. Um, and then it switched to the more financialization model of bidding on the floor, just buying whatever NFT you can for the cheapest price and then flipping it. And what I'm finding right now, and that is super exciting to me, is this new push into ordinals is like a rebirth of the original ETH NFT culture, where if you look at node monkeys, you can look at Bitcoin puppets, people are literally scrolling through the collections and they're happy to pay a premium for traits that they think are undervalued or that they resonate with. And what I'm seeing right now is that I believe that this next wave is all going to be about Bitcoin ordinals and it's going to bring back that original NFT like vibe of, you know, I like the art or I like the trait or I'm looking for something that is undervalued and I'm willing to pay a premium for it. Because even now, like if you look at the price of Bitcoin, it just ripped to 57K. And usually in NFT space, when the underlying asset rips, like ETH pumps, then you're going to see NFTs usually dump. But node monkeys have held a really strong floor between 0.4 and 0.35. And buys are continuing to come in and people are purchasing higher tier or just more rare traits. It's a sign of a super healthy industry. And I think it's just the start. Like there's only like five collections on ordinals right now that are getting all of the attention. You have node monkeys, you have puppets, you have RSICs, quantum cats, and, you know, OMBs. That's about it. So I think that over the coming weeks and months, we're going to see a huge explosion in Bitcoin NFTs with new projects coming out, like Inked is coming out very soon. That looks really great. And they're actually bringing really high quality art to this, to Bitcoin. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think the next new thing is Bitcoin ordinals, even though they've been around for a year, but it was spreadsheet trading. It was, you know, people that are really diving into the weeds. Now Magic Eden has that lock it, marketplace lock, like monopoly on ordinals, a really easy user interface. Um, Wait, so are you saying we're going to run back the 21 NFT bull run just on Bitcoin? That's what 
That's what the 2024 yeah. bull run is going to be, is just running back the NFT playbook. Is that right? 100%. Oh, That's my what, God. Like, my, gut is, my gut is telling me that. Oh, my God. When Metaverse, bro. When Roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to run back the 2021. Holy shit. Let me get my fucking Yetis ready, man. Here we go. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you're all ready for late night sessions you know jumping into discords clamoring for whitelist spots bro should we spin back up the clubhouse man and jake you want to head back to clubhouse again bro we do clubhouse again shit you may be right dude i'm not saying you're wrong i just think you know each each if you look at each of the kind of previous bull runs it's always been something that um you know was part of the previous bull run but didn't pop Right. Mm -hmm. So NFTs happened during the, you know, 2016, 17, you know, bull run when DeFi, you know, it's just nothing. It was just like, it, it took time to kind of happen. And I'd be surprised if it's just NFTs, you know, are the thing, but you could be right, dude. I don't know. You could be right. I think, I think that the NFTs will be like, they're not going anywhere. PFPs aren't going anywhere. Sure. And it's kind of branching onto new chains at this point, and then they're building their communities on new chains. Once those get established, like they are on ETH already, then we start seeing some interesting new developments, like with the 404 meta that just came out yep. with on ETH. So, but right now, Bitcoin NFTs are in their infancy. You know, NFTs across multiple chains are in their infancy. Like my best advice to people is like start looking at other chains. Like look at zk sync. Like. DK Sync is popping off. There are some NFTs like Moody Mites that have like done like four or five X's in the past few weeks. Like look at other chains because ETH is just kind of chilling right now. And the biggest opportunity I see personally is ordinals. Uh, and I one final tidbit is that I think that it is going to run back the ETH 2021 playbook, but I think it's going to go faster and harder than before. Whereas we had like years to kind of like go through that. Um, I think that maybe this is only like a six month or an eight month kind of thing where it's going to rise really fast and then could potentially crash really fast depends it's, on how the rest of the it's funny because i don't know what jake's feeling is but i felt like we already ran through the playbook and we were done by july like i felt like we'd run through you know last july like we'd already gone through the metaverses and we'd gone through the like you know 3d avatar we, like it just it felt like we had gone through the whole kind of system again but you may be right like maybe no now it's just finally touching in and people are really but getting... there was no there was no centralized marketplace man. yeah i mean yeah you're getting ordinals on spreadsheets yeah no like, no it's it was still happen for, for sure we'll for see. sure still no, the, the, or, the, the here like the ordinals on spreadsheet thing that was literally like a three-week thing that happened and people just kept saying ordinals on spreadsheet were being traded realistically that it lasted like three weeks uh until like a new protocol emerged and then you had to have the spreadsheet until market support happened right like that's with like the nat cats thing it's a new protocol. It's only being indexed. Okay, yeah. I think we have, I think we have a much, much higher to go. Ultimately, I've said this a few times. I don't think you'll realize the market tops until um, X payments starts allowing Doge trading, and then Doge trading just goes. Doge just goes way past a dollar, and then Dogenals are just like <laughs> everyone's like, oh, Do and then everyone's like, oh, Dogenals are the most obvious thing ever. Obvious play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obvious play right because people are just gonna be buying doge on twitter um i i think the market keeps going up until something like that happens and then it's because like again right everyone's always like what's the new thing that's gonna happen right golem is saying like oh we're just gonna run the eth nft playbook directly on bitcoin which is happening ultimately i think what happens is the market just comes 
comes back and just starts buying Doge again. You know, everyone's like, God damn it, that was the most obvious thing. Because <laughs> most people were buying, you know, most people were buying Doge or retail, right? We had this conversation when we first started this this call. Retail is not back yet. Is retail going to buy Bitcoin ordinals? No. Retail is probably just going to come buy Doge again because it's going to be the only thing that they're going to want. Doge is going to be at ten cents. Bitcoin's going to be at like eighty thousand dollars, right? Like, which one? <laughs> which one's retail going to buy? Um, but I think this market, this market cycle, actually is longer than the last one. Um, if you look at like the like the adoption S curve, um, generally the first few are just like major candlestick up, and then it starts to kind of lessen out. Um, I think we're kind of in that territory where the bull market's actually going to be a lot longer and you're going to have longer consolidation periods. Um, and then eventually it trickles down to other chains. Um, because right now, really the only NFT ecosystem that's getting any sort of attention is right Bitcoin and Ethereum and Solana NFTs kind of for the most part. But we haven't even made it anywhere down the board to all these uh, other ex random chains and stuff like that. So. Um, it's going to be exciting, but I know Dogfather's had his hand up. So thanks for waiting patiently, brother. What do you think? Hey, GM guys. Yeah. Um, I like Gollum's take on ordinals that people really, uh, have a collector mindset again and not just, uh, financials, you know, like flipping and stuff. So it's more like a collector chain and, uh, with Dogenos and Doge, I I'm not as bullish as you, Jake. Because I haven't seen anything interesting on on Dogenos in terms of PFPs. And I think this is because of the technical limitations that you have. You cannot do much. It's like pixel art. And and you, I started on Doge. So I love Doge. I, I, I'm a I'm huge fan of Doge Party. I, um, but, you know, if I if I look at the Dogenos um, PFP collections, it's nice. But, I mean, show me something really interesting. I mean, something where you... You think this is this is this is something, right? Yeah. Um, I, ha I haven't seen anything. I mean, of course you can you can have some pixelated uh, PFP, and this may pop. We have this one really expensive, relatively expensive collection, but um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not so convinced yet. Um, so I think the next big thing will be fungibles again. On you know, like with runes, this will be a next big wave. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm all in mostly on on ordinals. I think this is where the innovation is happening. This is really like really exciting and cool and innovative projects, like you know the the quantum cats. I mean, this is not just a collection. You know, this is like really technically high tech. They have some mission, so they have a bit more around than just like, wow, well, bro, this is a doll. This is a <laughs> and cool. You know, um, but I mean, you you can show me something really cool, and I'm like, okay, this is this is something I haven't seen anywhere else, but I haven't seen anything like this. So, but but still, I mean, th this doesn't say it it won't happen that Doge goes to one dollar and there will be a, a one or two PFP projects that will moon. But um, I I don't know. In in the long run, you need to you need to have something. You put something on the table that's unique and that that that's cool i mean even even the memes are not strong i mean i i don't see a strong meme game on on Dogenos. not yet <laughs> well, docs docs is uh giving you the evil eye down <laughs> what's up docs how you doing man? yeah man yeah <laughs> thank you for having me on stage uh doc father have you seen doc suki's art yeah I've, I've seen that but i mean 
yeah i mean they, they look pretty pretty cool um but but still you know this is this is you know just just putting a dog dog theme on 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 an on an eth uh, collection i'm saying you know technically it's i mean look what 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 you can do on on an ordinance right you have parent child you have like uh you have so many technical things that that you can do i don't see anything like that on 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 Dogenos. Because it's just like you don't have taproot, you don't have all these possibilities. It's just like you 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 have you have a very I mean the, the constraints are very tight. It's a bit like stamps, where you also have these very tight constraints. And I think this is just limiting what you can do uh, on, on on these protocols. I agree with you. I think, however, that the fact that we still don't have things like taproot and whatnot is an interesting opportunity. So. We all know the impact of Doge and uh, and X meme culture with Elon Musk and uh, possibly integrating that on X. So I think a possible update could be integrated, which could make this ecosystem valid. But I remember in the old days of ordinals, like back when we were trading sub 100Ks and Frank was inscribing his D-Gods with a low-res image and then layering it on top of Magic Eden to make it look as HD. I think we're still in that phase on Doge and we're just trying to navigate whatever is possible and what is not possible. But I believe that eventually some sort of update like Taproot could come to Doge and bring bring the community to life as a legit uh, NFT ecosystem. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting. Dogecoin is definitely probably nine months behind uh, Bitcoin ordinals in that sense, maybe a little bit longer. So you just kind of got to hold on and, and wait for your, some of the cavalry to really return. Uh, but Bitcoin ordinals and the just Bitcoin ecosystem in general has all of the attention, you know, like tangentially related uh, projects. Bitcoin stamps actually had a big, big, big um, announcement today. They're being integrated um, into the Bitcoin virtual machine, the BVM network. I believe these are the guys who created... Uh, New Bitcoin City. What's it called? The same people. Was it? Uh, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know if they changed they, the name for it. They had, this is their new project. So I think they just like abandoned Bitcoin, New Bitcoin City um, after that kind gotcha. of tanked off and created this BVM. Um, and Mike was talking about this today. So it says with this integration with Stamp Chain being the data val uh, validity layer, developers can now choose to roll up to Bitcoin as stamps or ordinal inscriptions when setting up a new layer too. So I guess with the BitVM or this Bitcoin virtual machine network, which is different from BitVM, um, they're saying that you can choose stamps or ordinals to be the native assets of an L2. Because that's what uh, this Bitcoin virtual machine network is, is creating your own rollups or validity layer um, on top of Bitcoin. So... Um, exciting, interesting stuff happening over there. Um, I know also with the um, I know also with uh, Stamps Network, there's SRC20 Launchpad, which uh, I will be an advisor on. I saw um, some people shilling it today. The SRC20 or SRC Pad, which was a project with Universal and Stamp Chain, um, so two key builders there. Um, I know there'll be some exciting stuff happening there. And one la last thing I want to talk about, um, because tomorrow we're having an inscription show, so we'll be able to hear all about that uh, tomorrow in terms of their facet NFTs and kind of interesting stuff. 
Merlin chain and uh, this Bitcoin layer two race is really um, heating up. And now Merlin chain has about two, we'll have it here pulled up 2.2 billion billion dollars. What on earth? (laughs) Billion dollars in crazy dude staked assets and it's crazy you know we we criticize it a little bit i've been promoting it because i think merlin chain's already won the layer two race on bitcoin i don't think it's gonna i don't think you can get anything close to this i know 2.2 is a lot and there's a lot of capital on bitcoin but look here they have 229,000 bitmaps so they have 27 percent of all bitmaps staked they have 23,000 bitcoin staked 23,000 uh, have- bitcoin Jesus, who's putting their yeah. Bitcoin over there in some dude's wallet? <laughs> Dude, on top of that, so they got 25,000 25, ETH staked, 17 million USDC, 76 million USDT. They have 10% of all Bitcoin frogs staked at 11%. They have 836 node monkeys staked, which is another 9%. Right? Then they have all their BitVM and all these other things that are happening on Merlin chain. Wait, how much and ETH? I, scroll down I don't know how you're going to get anything close to this. How much ETH did they have staked? 23, 25,000 25, 25, ETH. Oh my God. Damn. So What's they, preventing these really guys from just running away, just rugging this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I, can't, I, I put a few, a few posts about this the other day. Um, and I'm going to see if I could pull my tweet up. As in, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of like the FUD, yes, there's a huge security risk. We're very aware of that. Of course, there always is. Um, but two, a few things here. First, on Whales Market, which is a marketplace where you can trade OTC airdrops that have not been airdropped. How it actually works, I have no idea. Um, but I think you're like basically creating like vouchers for the things that you're supposed to get airdropped, I guess. Trustless OTC desk for you trade your airdrop allocations. Again, this is what I found to be the number one of this, but how it works, I'm not unsure. The opening market for this Merle token right now is around $1.50, um, which at full full FDV would place this during the airdrop around 3 to $4 billion out of the market or just right off the top of the bat, which would put it around the same market cap as uh, Stacks right now. Stacks just hit a new all-time high this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing here, though, is like, you know, they know DGEN tokenomics. They're only, there's only going to be 21% of the Merle token will be airdropped after or in March. So next month. So, but I say full FDV, that's if that's like the full token allocation of $2.1 billion if it hit there. Uh, you know, looking at it, uh, and the, the biggest FUD outside of security risk is like, oh, it's not a Bitcoin layer two, it's a ZK, Fork, Polygon, blah, 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 right? But I think at the end of the day, one thing they did is they subtly onboarded, you know, two billion dollars uh, in NFT and uh, fungible token value through account abstraction, which isn't a Bitcoin thing, right? This is a crypto UI thing that people have been talking about a lot. And what crypto abstraction is is basically just taking away the the need for private keys, although it exists. It basically abstracts all that away into like a nicely packed user interface. So like, regardless if you you can uh, connect to Merlin Chain either through Unisat wallet or you can connect it through MetaMask. And whichever one you do, it gives you an account on the other side of that that it just automatically populates. So you get both. Um, and that's kind of where the account abstraction comes from. So they're making it very simple and easy to use. 
And then also on uh, the other side of that, there was another tweet that I had here um, as well, is that it has the bitmap community. Um, it's it's one, right, 30% of all bitmaps. You have um, right all of the BRC420 uh, kind of people participating in this. And it's all just Asia-based, right? It's all kind of the East um, capital coming in. And I, I think it's going to be tough to beat. Uh, at some point, I think next week or in the next few weeks, they're going to have their M tokens live, which is basically they're giving you the uh, liquid version of your token um, on Merlin chain. So even though your native assets like Bitmap, I'll use for this example, is staked, you'll have M Bitmap to where you could trade in this closed ecosystem because you can't unstake anything until April. So you're just going to have $2.2 billion just playing around in this Correct. ecosystem that can't leave. That can't leave. Like, I don't know how you beat that. I don't know how there's any. Dude, I would be delaying the ship for months. It's going to be like, ah, it's <laughs> going to be another month. It's going to be another month, dude. I mean, it's like, but literally, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Jake, what, what do you mean that you think that it's one? Like, what do you think that it, it can't be beat? What, what expand on that a little bit? I just think it has the mind share of the, DJ, of the uh, ordinal. Mind you, okay, so I guess with Bitcoin, there's multiple communities that exist. You have like the heady uh, East-based kind of community. Obviously, you have the infrastructure and Bitcoin um, native kind of community who I guess will probably favor Stacks because it's a little bit more in line with kind of the ideals with this proof of transfer uh, mining, although it has a Stacks token, which if you're, you're you know complete Bitcoin native, then it, obviously it's a shitcoin and you'll never participate in it. But I think for like the the Asia, the bitmap community, which also translates over to like the DMT community, and it touches all these like very ordinal focused communities, I think that's where the capital comes in. And now they're introducing uh, bit wars coming in and airdropping um, tokens off of your bitmaps that have been staked. And I think it won because I don't think you'll see as much capital be bridged out or even be unstaked just because of this like way that they're just continually keep incentivizing people to participate in the ecosystem. And it seems like Asia is not interested in leaving. What do you think like happens just kind of after their airdrop or after they're able to unstake kind of maybe in March or even April? Um, I mean, even if they do have like $2 billion, that's like 0.2% of the liquidity on Bitcoin. So it's just like, right. it seems like it's so small and so early to call like a, a layer two like that especially if it is mostly focused on say Eastern world, wouldn't like Western world probably have a comparable product that they cater to that could potentially be just as big. Yeah. That's I'm, stacks I would, would definitely do that. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, look, they've, they've clearly captured like the BRC 20 ordinals market. Like they've already, it seems like to Jake's point, they've already won that because to get like bitmap people to move to another L2 Probably not gonna happen, right? It's just too too much uh friction. But, but my, isn't the reason that they move there just to get incentives? Absolutely. For the meantime? Yeah. So once the incentives are up, then wouldn't they just move to a new platform? Is yeah, exactly what I'm saying. I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but we have seen kind of um if they're able to, you know, do a season one, season two, they can kind of, you know, the unvaulting and or the, you know, moving away, they might um, you know. Be able to incentivize we've, we've the people seen this to so stay. Many times. Yeah, we, we just, have. We'll see like a whole sprawl of layer twos just kind of continue to pop up. Yep. Just like Ethereum has a million layer twos, and it almost gets confusing. Yep. Because there's so many layer twos, 
because they all have, you know, different timeframes where their incentive programs are not. I just can pretty easily see that that's probably exactly what's going to happen on Bitcoin again. I, I don't disagree with you. The interesting thing to me was that number of the amount of people who put their Bitcoin there. That's just stunning to me. Uh, you know, that I don't know how much is 28,000 Bitcoin. That's like a mil, that's like a billion, $200,000 for people for that much, that many people to put that much Bitcoin over there is it's stun. I'm stunned that that would happen. Like I could see, of course, my bitmaps, whatever they're, they're not, I'm not doing anything with them anyway. They're basically worthless. If everybody tries to sell them, let's just go get more tokens for these tokens and play around. Actual Bitcoin, um, that's incredible, I think, honestly, for me. That's yeah, Chris, so, so, what, so what I'm saying is, you know, I, I mean, they won in terms of they probably have mind share and market share for at least six months to a year um, before anybody comes anything close to figuring out how to, to take it on or how to incentivize capital to flow out of it and into this new ecosystem. Can they always be unseated? Of course. I think I would compare Merlin Chain similar to what Blast is doing. They had a very similar setup, right? You, Blast was obviously backed by the credibility and success of Blur and the founder, right? So people sent over $1.9 billion so far in staked ETH, which is much better, right, than $2.2 billion, where maybe only $1.5 billion is fungible tokens. The rest are just like NFT derived value. And... Blast, their focus is CasinoFi, GambleFi products, which they're doing right now. And with Merlin Chain, their focus is Bitmap. And with um, you know gaming kind of centric around what you could do with, with Bitmap, this is where something with like Bitmap War just came out. And there's all these other ones that are doing this. They're playing to me the exact same thing, just doing it you know with Bitcoin assets and with ETH assets um, versus just trying to build this like Bitcoin layer two, because it's a side chain. And I think just from all these other L2s that are popping up, it to me, it doesn't seem like you'll ever get an L a Bitcoin L2. So I don't think you can actually ever completely, um, you know, suffice to Bitcoin, a Bitcoin layer two. And I'll just, honestly, if you get to that, I don't think you'll be able to even do that much if you just have OG Bitcoin capital who are just putting the money in um, because they're not interested in gamification and tokenomics, right? They just want complete self-sovereignty and decentralization. I just think, I think it's going to be tough to unseat Maryland chain over the next six to 12 months. Being they won is kind of, that's what I mean. Um, of course they can always be unseated, but when you look at Ethereum, right, even the capital that flows into, into Arbitrum or it flows into optimism, a lot of time it just hangs around there for a while. And also unstaking 200,000 bitmap is going to take weeks to do because of the mempool congestion. Right, removing 200,000 assets in a block that you can only have theoretically 3,000 kind of transactions in, at most, right? You're saying you know it could take a day if if Bitmap had all block space, right? To now do that systematically to incentivize it to another ecosystem, I just find it hard to to even logistically do that. Yeah, I, I think that just kind of. I think that they could have a good product and I think that they'll win in terms of as long as, you know, they, they kind of continue on this path that their airdrop and their incentives will probably be some of the biggest. And in doing so, I think that that means that they move first and that they ran through their incentive program first also, and having a massive incentive program that rewards users for being early 
will then kind of put the eyeballs back on to the other ecosystems and capital will begin to move towards there. So just by being a first mover is almost kind of like it, it's kind of like disincentivized in this ecosystem because you're the first one to kind of shoot off and then other ecosystems kind of have to push their incentive programs forward and they kind of take liquidity away. Do you think they'll be able to get any traction for, you know, trading, buying, selling of, of these assets on Merlin chain? Do you think that's going to happen? Like bitmap, is there any possibility bitmap, the number one place to trade bitmap becomes Merlin chain? Maybe, but I, I just think that we, the whole entire ecosystem, if you look throughout any of the blockchains, is all based on incentives. That's all they continue to, to push forward. And it's just the same money moving around from chain to chain. And so even if they did have a somewhat, you know, really great product that was that, that was used to uh, kind of support the, the trading of bitmaps and everything else, I just think that once their incentive program is out or the first round of it is out, liquidity is just automatically going to move somewhere else. Yep. Good point. Yeah, it, I mean, should should be interesting um, how the rest of their incentive programs work. Kind of my last point on it is just over the last two weeks, they had a Voya airdrop, which was just like a BRC20 native token that was distributed to anyone who had done any sort of swap on Merlin swap. Now they're doing an incentive for MBitmap, their stake token. It seems like they've thought it out at least to a degree. How long that lasts, who knows? I, I just think, too, one of the, the foundations is just logistically unstaking and having to put you know 300,000 Bitcoin assets through the mempool to move to somewhere else. I, I just think that just is a big deterrent. E even if like on ETH to bridge and unbridge takes literally two minutes to do, to do this, to take literally could be hours to do per person. Um, I just think it's going to be, be a logistical nightmare. And it just keeps a lot of the money, quote unquote, trapped or just incentivized to stay it. there and participate. Even then, just as $2 billion, $2 billion is a big number. But it's actually like a really small number in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And so as more people get comfortable with this idea of putting their assets to use and gaining yield on them for, for kind of staking them or whatever, using platforms... They haven't ever done that on Bitcoin. So as just kind of, you know, people get more comfortable with it, you can just expect that number to, you know, multiply five right. or 10x. And then so, you know, two, two billion was a lot on Merlin chain. But then the next, you know, prominent layer two, quote unquote, is going to have five, six, 10 billion. And so it's just super early. And I, I think that they do have the first mover. I think that their airdrop or their incentive program is going to be really good. But I think that that almost kind of, hurts them for just moving, moving first in a way. So maybe they need to, you know, spin up the building that actually will keep people there. Right. So maybe a loan platform launches there, maybe a, um, you know, a vibrant marketplace launches there. I don't know if that's in their strategy. I have no idea what they're up to, honestly, but, um, yeah, I, I hear you though. That's the way. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, yeah. I mean, we've just seen it on ETH, yeah, right? I do and agree. Moved, I do. Like just, you know, marketplace to marketplace. Well, it's a, so today, um, your highness, Justin Sun, also announced their collaboration between Tehran and Merlin Chain. Right? Yeah. So you're talking about e even more East Capital kind of moving into the ecosystem. We know Justin Sun and Tron, although maybe not the favorite of everybody, he also is one of the biggest uh, mercenary capitalists that exists um, moving between all these different ecosystems. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. But, I, you know, something on the other side from the West, 
right? I guess when Udi and Eric and the Taproot Wizards team deploy their DK optimistic role thing that they've been talking about for a long time, right? That could also just bring, that could become the the Western kind of L2. I don't know if they're going to do it, but they've been talking about it for a long time. So I would say that's probably where some of their capital is going to go. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of stuff happening. So um, will be interesting. I do, my computer is about to die here. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up here today. Always a fun conversation, guys. Um, I won't be here uh, the next two days. So uh, Adam and Chris will get to go back and forth. Um, should be a fun, fun conversation. Um, Escriptions tomorrow. Um, Adam, you have any, any comments on that? And then uh, we can wrap it up here. Yeah, we're going to dig in deeply to uh, Facet. What the hell's going on with Facet? Dumb contracts on Facet, you know, basically free NFTs, cheap, super cheap on gas. Um, so, yeah, just interested to learn. I only know the highest, highest uh, little bit about it. So excited to dive in with the um, with Tom and talk about it and, and figure out what the hell's going on on Facet. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be very very exciting to say the least. All right, well appreciate it. I'll be down. Um, I'm traveling the next two days. I'll be in Denver starting Thursday. So if anyone's down in Denver, East Denver, um, we have an Omnisat house. It's more like a mansion. So um, if you want to come hang out, we have all kinds of uh, presentations with like Dan Held. I think Domo is going to be there and Raf and all the all the Ordinals community down at this house. So uh, will be exciting to say the least. Chris and Adam going to hold it down, crushing it. We have the D-Desk announcement. That was very exciting. Big step forward. A lot of other things we're working on on the Emblem side, which we will present in our town hall next week after ETH Denver. Until then, guys, uh, stay safe. Make sure that you follow everyone on stage, Adam, myself, and Chris. Chris was talking through the Emblem account. Make sure that you give Chris a follow and the Emblem account a follow. And we'll be back tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. Until then, guys, um, make sure that you capture the market melt up, and we'll see you tomorrow.